Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and am a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez, and today I'm just going to speak to you a bit about marriage. It's something that I've ended up working with a lot over the course of the last 16 years as I was um, providing intensive trauma therapy because uh, quite frequently the client I would be working with would be someone who was who was married and was trying to figure out um, how to navigate interactions in their marriage and and their their relationship and so there's something that that I've seen that I think is very important that I want to share with you today and um, and it might be counterintuitive to some people. But I want you to hang in there with me because I think this is going to make sense to you. So, so you know, as Catholics, that we have a universal call to holiness, and the Catechism speaks about that and how we're all called to that. It doesn't matter what our vocation is. I think a lot of times in life, um, kind of maybe even unintentionally or unconsciously, I think sometimes lay people can think holiness is something that. Um, that's for the priests or that's for the, you know, the religious or that's for monks or that's for just a very small segment of the population. It certainly doesn't apply to me. I'm just a normal person. I'm just a a lay person. I'm not like those people, but we know we're all called to holiness and, and what is holiness, but union with, with the Lord that's holiness. And, and that's our, our, means of sanctification. It's by becoming more closely conformed and united to him that he is the one who makes us holy, that we know the Holy Spirit is the sanctifier, and he sanctifies us as we grow closer to him and more conform to him. He sanctifies us. And that's no less true for married people. That's no less true for for lay people who don't get married. Um, it, it's universal. That means it applies to all of us. There's no getting out of it. And why would we want to? I mean, that's that's the best and the highest thing and kind of really the, the greatest thing we could possibly imagine as a human being is union with our creator. I mean, it's it's mind-blowing that that's even a possibility. And we know it's not just a possibility. It's that for which we were created. So we all start at that spot. So if you're hearing this and you're a married person, think that is your primary vocation. That is the primary vocation of every, every member, really every member of the human race. And, um, and particularly when we're baptized, we know that that's something that we're, we're brought into that life. The life of the Trinity is, is now within us, present in our hearts as the Trinity comes to reside within us. So that's your primary vocation is holiness. So your primary vocation is union with the Lord. And 
that's not meant to be an end point. That's really meant to be a starting point. We have to all start, no matter if it's the priest at your local parish or the monk who's, um, you know, away in a cave by himself or in a monastery or a hermit or, um, or a religious sister. We all have to start at that point of receiving from the Lord because, um, because really, what do we, what do we have without him? We don't even have life without, without him. He brings us into existence. We know Colossians tells us he holds all creation together in himself. So we we're primarily in that stance of receptivity of receiving from him. And then from that, then the next relationship. So the first relationship is our relationship with the Lord. The next relationship is, this is one that so often just completely gets left out and it's our relationship to ourselves. And so we go from receiving from the Lord to believing what we have received from him. And so um, as I've talked about connections so many times before in, in this podcast, Father David and I've spoken about it. So think connection is about being chosen, known, valued, protected, and provided for in his boundaries. So those are the four main connection principles. Think the old school game connect for, right? So those are, those are the primary things that comprise that connection. So we receive from the Lord that we are chosen by him above all the possibilities of human beings that he could have created. He chose to create you. He chose to create me. And then being known that we are seen and heard by him as individuals who are very good. We're not just one among millions, billions, whatever, however many creatures on a planet that he created and, and set in motion and is now some distant and remote God, just kind of that clockwork God winding it up and casting it out into space to kind of do its thing. No, we're, we're known intimately and personally so much greater than we could ever imagine knowing ourselves and then valued that, that his value for us is complete. You know, in Philippians, it says, though he was in the form of God, he did not deem equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself. And that emptying of himself was the price of our redemption. It was the price of being brought into union with him and coming to know him and him manifesting the Father's love, as we've spoken about before, like like Blessed John Dun Scotus would talk about that 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 was his primary purpose of coming into the world, that Jesus came to the world to manifest the Father's love. And so that's how, how he values us so completely, so totally, leaving his throne, taking on our flesh, being scorned and um, and crucified and, and um, just completely and totally emptying himself, even emptying himself into bread and wine so that we can receive him and this or transformed into his precious body and blood. So we're known that we're chosen, that we're known, that we're valued, and then protected and provided for with, within his boundaries, the boundaries of morality, the boundaries to which he calls us to live. So, um, so those are, those are the factors of connection with the Lord. And so, 
it's one thing to receive those from him and go, yeah, okay, I can get on board with that. That's consistent with everything I've heard from scripture and all the teachings of the church and everything I hear when, when I go to church or I listen to good talks or, um, or listen to, uh, to homilies or, or read spiritual books. It's one thing to, to receive that into our minds. It's another thing to receive it into our hearts. You know, they say the greatest distance in the world is that between the head and the heart. What really gets it into our heart is when we begin to believe. So I think be living as though that is the truth. And the way we do that primarily is really has a, a tremendous amount to do with how we relate to ourselves. If I'm relating to my, if I'm not choosing to intentionally and directly relate to myself, or um, if I'm not taking the time to, to really see and hear what, what my, my heart's telling me and, and my mind's telling me in terms of what I need to do in order to follow the Lord more closely, in order to be attentive to his voice. Um, if I'm not valuing myself, if I'm arbitrarily attributing my value to looks, money, status, performance, productivity, instead of digging into who I am in him for my value, that my value is inherent based on my, my dignity as his child. If I'm, if I'm doing other than that, then, um, then I'm not going to feel connected to myself. If I'm doing anything other than those things, because that means I'm going, yes, this is true of how the Lord relates to me. And I'm leaving it there <laughs> and then going off and doing something entirely different in how I relate to myself. And then finally boundaries. If I'm, if I'm crossing my own boundaries or if I'm letting other people cross my boundaries, if I'm letting other people, um, say one thing and do another. If I'm letting other people uh, push me way past my limits, if I'm letting other people be um, be deceptive of me or disrespectful of me, if I'm, but so often it's, it starts with how we relate to ourselves. If, if I'm crossing my own boundaries, if I'm overextending myself, if I'm beating myself up with negative self, negative self-talk and being super critical and perfectionistic and that kind of thing, then I'm crossing my own boundaries. So really have to, to look at how am I relating to myself? So I receive these things from the Lord and then I believe them because I am be, I be living them, right? Pardon the grammar on that. But if I am living them, if I'm applying them in terms of even my own relationship to myself, and that's primarily the place that I see that it so often breaks down for people. We go from our relationship to the Lord to our relationship with the, with others. But we know in scripture, the Lord said that the greatest law was love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself, which implies necessarily that we are loving ourselves. If we're not loving ourselves, how can we love our neighbor as ourselves? And so it's primarily our relationship with the Lord and our relationship to ourselves that are essential keys to, to marriages. They're essential keys to how we relate to other people, period, regardless of if it's marriage or a friendship or, or any kind of relationship. You can, I, I was listening to, um, to the story of a soul just recently. I had a lot of time in the car and was, um, was going 
stir crazy. And so I brought up Audible on my phone and started listening to Story of a Soul. In case you're not familiar with that book, it's the autobiography of St. Therese of Lisieux. And I had listened to it a number of times before, you know, but as I was listening to it, it was really like, um, it was like scales fell from my eyes and I saw something in it that I never saw before. So the story starts out in her own words. I mean, she's really like recounting her childhood and the relationships with her parents and with her sisters because she was the youngest of five girls. There were other children who who were born but um, passed away or were miscarried. And but of her living of the living children in that family, she was the youngest of five. And um she talks so much, so much about in her childhood, really, she doesn't use the exact words, sense of connection and that kind of thing. But if you listen to her recounting experiences with her mom, with her dad and with her sisters, there's so many experiences of knowing she was chosen, that she was known, that she was seen and heard as an individual who was very good, that she was valued um, and that she was protected and provided for particularly in a spiritual way, like really protected and provided for. And then you can kind of see this transition as she starts talking a little bit later in life, uh, just like late childhood. And as she really began to, to develop spiritually, you can tell that she internalized those things, those ways that she was related to, she really internalized to those. And so then from that, then as life unfolded difficulties or whatever, she was able to experience those things from the Lord as um, in the light of knowing she was chosen, that she was known, that she was valued by him, protected and provided for by him. See, so she received those things and then she really internalized them. And so then as life unfolded, she, she, was able to take these things in, in light of that truth. And then when they talk about her relationships with the sisters and she was a Carmelite nun and the sisters in the convent, some of them were really aggravating. And, um, you know, there's one story she talks about where she was working in the laundry and the sister is splashing dirty water on her just because she was not really paying attention to what she was doing. And, um, Therese was able to handle that without, you know, kind of blowing up at her. And then there's another sister who um, was always very difficult for her. And she was able to handle her interactions with that sister um, in the same light because, because she knew that she was chosen, known, valued, protected, and provided for. She started from that place. And so then how she was able to navigate and and tolerate, and then even respond in grace in those situations was because of her having received the knowledge of who she was in the Lord, modeled for her by her parents and even her older sisters, and then really believed that herself in it, and it affected how her own internal relationship, she doesn't talk so much about her own internal relationship, but as, as a therapist, boy, it's all right there in like neon flashing lights to me because I can tell how she's interpreting what happens to her from the outside in light of who she knows she is. And that's, that's what we do. And um, so it's really what I think, unfortunately, we can do is look at those really 
um, there's really graced ways of responding and say, that's the way to holiness. And it's not, those are, those are fruits of holiness. The way to holiness is first receiving those things from the Lord and changing up how we relate to ourselves. And then it flows out to others. And so what does Carmelite nun have to do with marriage? Because we're all called to that same pattern. We're all called to receive primarily from the Lord. Can't be looking to primarily receive from another person because that other person is primarily in need, just like we are. And so all of us need to plug into the Lord because only he is infinite and only he knows us so intimately and values us so completely and is, and is infinitely able to supply for those needs that we all have. And it's in receiving that grace, receiving how he sees us, how he relates to us and really internalizing those things that then those things flow out to the other person. If I start off from a place of need relating to another person who's primarily starting off from a place of need, it's a setup. It's an absolute setup for for us to throttle the life out of each other, be ultimately um, frustrated with each other, disappointed, disillusioned. And um, it's, it's just, it's a recipe for failure. So to just leave you with that today. So, um, so for marriage, really consider that your primary call is the universal call to holiness. It's a call to union with the Lord. Go to him, even if it's five minutes, five minutes, take time by yourself and, and tell him you, you, Lord, I really need to know that I am chosen by you. Please come and impress that on my heart and that you know me so perfectly, so intimately, far greater than I can ever imagine knowing myself. Please help me experience that sense of intimacy with you and be rooted and grounded in that. Please give me a sense of my value, who, who I am in you, and that who I am in you is, is the bedrock of my value. It's not based on looks, money, status, performance, productivity, or some other arbitrary metric. And then finally, boundaries. Lord, please let me know that I'm protected and provided for in your grace, in your arms, and that no matter what others, no matter what might come to me from the outside, um, let me know that there's nothing that can happen to me that is outside of your ability to use for good, for my good. So leave you with that and um and just know that the Lord, the Lord is with you. He's not just the, you know, I know a lot of times it's said like marriages, uh, of course, the the husband and the wife and the Lord is the link between, but it's really the Lord has to be the he is that to which we we drill into to even begin to have any sense of fullness. And then it's when we do that, we receive that fullness, then we're we're starting in relationships with our needle on full instead of our needle on empty. And that's, that's really the recipe for healthy and happy and a sense of um, being fulfilled in relationships. May the, the Lord give you peace. Now, just know if you want to get connected to myself, Father David, our healing missions and workshops and and um, human and spiritual integration and formation workshops, um, please check out our website, sacredhearthealingministries.com. Also doing coaching online. You can get connected to that via sacredhearthealingministries.com. 
And then finally, Father and myself both have books on Amazon. His book is Evangelizing Catholic Culture. And my books are More Than Words, The Freedom to Thrive After Trauma and Fearless Abundant Life Through Infinite Love. And thank you for joining us and look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, please go to sacredhearthealingministries.com.